0: Do you have a concrete backside, like do you fall down and stay down, or do you have a rubber backside, do you fall down and bounce back up? So it's that bounce back factor, that's really what resilience is.
1: You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources and inspiration to grow your fitness business, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au where you can also find out how to access exclusive discounts on Phylex, the fitness industry convention. In this episode, performance and productivity coach Andrew May talks resilience, daily pause points, scar tissue and the importance of disconnecting from tech to reconnect with yourself with Network's Oliver Kitchenman. Today, we're speaking to performance and productivity coach Andrew May. Welcome, Andrew.
0: Ollie, hello. We are sitting here in Melbourne, overlooking the banks of the Yarra, uh, beautiful blue skies. Life's pretty good, huh?
1: Pretty good indeed. Andrew, resilience is one of your key topics. So, you believe that resilient people and resilient organisations have a competitive advantage. So, what exactly is resilience, and how can it help us both personally and also in our business? Yeah,
0: really good question, because if I have five meetings, Ollie, with five different people, there'll be five different takes on resilience. So mm-hmm. we start with the psychological definition, which is the ability of something to return to its original shape after it has been pulled, stretched, pressed, etc. So what does that mean in normal language, sitting here on the banks of the Yarra? It's the capacity to bounce back. So it's that that rubberness. And I often say to people, do you have a concrete backside? Like, Do you fall down and stay down? Or do you have a rubber backside? Do you fall down and bounce back up? So it's that bounce back factor. That's really what resilience is.
1: Okay. You often allude to the work of um, Brene Brown, who says that vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. How so?
0: Yeah, um, I've been exploring this both in the, the the academic archives, and research, reading Brené Brown, but I suppose my last three years or four years have been exploring vulnerability in my, my personal life. In Australia especially, I think as an Aussie bloke, if someone says, how are you going? Great, mate, you know, punch on the shoulder, she'll be right even when you're not going okay. So Brene Brown, who really is is the the global guru in vulnerability, she went out to do a PhD in shame and vulnerability and and in the process actually had a breakdown because she realised she was exposed. Uh, She'd been holding all this stuff back. The roller door was down. So inspired by reading some of Brene Brown's uh, books and also in my own life, really exploring this concept that it, it is okay to not always be okay. And so and I've just spoken about this this morning in, in a keynote that I've, I've had some success in life. Like I've built and sold businesses. I've worked with national sporting teams. I, I do live media uh, around Australia. I've written a couple of books. I've done well in, in, in academia. So that, that's a good part of life. I've also had cancer. I, I had a marriage breakdown three years ago and I had a business that almost went bankrupt uh, a number of years ago when a staff member had borrowed some money. They just didn't tell me the point of this resilience and vulnerability go hand in hand. Uh, Ollie, think of like a tree that's rigid, strong, you know, big oak tree, not much movement. And when wind comes along that big oak tree, if it can't sway, it can topple over. Think about a palm, like, you know, a malleable little supple palm in tornadoes and blowing winds, it can swing around. Vulnerability helps you move and buffer in the storm. So for me, I've learned over the last couple of years, and I now teach this as well, it's actually good to show people that, you know, I'm normal, I'm human. And I don't always have my shit together. You know, I, I, I suffer, I struggle, I have emotions, I have ups and I have downs. Uh, I think really for the first 10 or maybe 15 years in the corporate world, for me it was all about, you know, Altius, Deltius, Fortius, the Olympic motto, you know, faster, higher, further. So part of... Altius, Deltius, Fortius is also taking stock and acknowledging that that real part of life, we have scar tissue. So that to me is vulnerability and, and, and sharing that with people and saying, hey, I, I'm normal. Big take-out though, the difference between vulnerability and too much information. Hey, Ollie, you've got to go to the doctor, get this rash checked out. This is a story, by the way. <laughs> that's TMI or that's too much information. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because their kids kept me up last night or, you know, I'm feeling a bit down from all the corporate travel. That's vulnerability.
1: Okay, interesting. You also talk about how we're all overwhelmed with communications and media these days. So what effect is that having on us vulnerability-wise? I was uh,
0: just going to do a little activity, but it doesn't really paint a picture for those people listening to this. I was going to grab my mobile phone and pretend I'm distracted. When I left the, the world of sport about seven or eight years ago now, the average person was getting one distraction every eight to nine minutes. Now, a distraction back then might have been an email pop-up alert. Hey, Ollie, have you got five minutes? Your mobile phone goes off. Now it's down to every three to three and a half minutes. So we are constantly distracted. Uh, it's called CPA, not Certified Practicing Accountant. It's called Continuous Partial Attention. So we're multitasking on four or five or six different nodes. You know, we have our laptop open. We've got an Excel spreadsheet. We're doing Keynote. We're checking our social media posts. We've posting a picture on Instagram, and I'm trying to talk to you about resilience and vulnerability. And what happens with this splintering of attention is our short-term memory drops 10 to 15%. So we're overloading our brain with too much. We're getting this inability to, to process information. So really, we're wired up in many ways from a communication and a productivity point. We're melting down.
1: So what can we do about this?
0: Stop the insanity. Um, Turn off, unplug, disconnect. And and I know there's, there's a real paradox between this, between, you know, I've got a business and I connect with people and I've got a technology platformer that helps me grow and, you know, make money while I sleep. I don't think it's either or, it's and. Engage with people, use technology, but they've got to have periods during the week, during the day, month and year where you unplug. It's interesting when you look into the the history of this. Bill Gates, you know, Bill Gates invented Outlook or co-invented Outlook. He regularly used to go to the Hamptons for a weekend for three days without any of his digital devices. He went there with a pad and a piece of paper. And when quizzed on this, Bill Gates would say, I need to go into an area where I'm not distracted. I have a, a good friend of mine who has a holiday house on the south coast outside of Sydney in Jaroa, and I go there to cultivate periods of silence and creativity. So I find in, in, in my job now, I'm at KPMG and running a business, and it's exciting, and it's you know invigorating, and I'm, I'm on. I need to go away to think. I need to go away and reflect. I need to go away to pontificate and ruminate. So being on all the time is not about being productive. It's about being on and having periods where we switch off, disconnect, unplug. How does that link in with vulnerability, emotions, resilience? It's all interconnected because you need to build that base. You You need to be healthy body, healthy brain, healthy networks. That helps you get through the tough times.
1: So on a day-to-day basis, is there a way that in our working day that we can build this in? If we can't go away to the Hamptons for, for three days every weekend, is there a, an hour out of the day that we can we can disconnect or without feeling as though we're neglecting our business?
0: Yeah, it would be nice to go to the Hamptons every week, wouldn't it, or Jerowa or here in the Mornington Peninsula? So yes, it's a really valid point. We need to have daily doses where we disconnect, and, and I call this a pause point. So you know, you watch tennis; the, the tennis player bounces the balls. The balls are bouncing. You don't need to check, okay? You see a cricketer will pat the pitch. They do gardening. There's there's men and women called groundskeepers who do that for us. The, the point being, we need a period during the day where we metaphorically bounce the tennis balls or do the gardening to have a brain break. What does that mean? I think for most people, it's get off your technology. And I see this, Ollie, in, in the companies that I work, not just here but overseas, people have a break. It's called lunch. And they get on the mobile phone. And, you know, then they, they dial into their favourite web pages and check the internet, just even if it was five minutes, I I teach a lot of my clients this, have a five-minute brain break every day and do nothing. And people look at me like this this heretic, what do you mean do nothing? Sit, reflect, you know, look at a tree, look at the ocean, watch a bird eat a chip and just be mindful and present. And then when you get back into the workforce, you are more on. So yeah, great question. You don't have to go away to the Hamptons or holiday homes, but every day have daily doses where you build in those pause points. Really important. And what that does, it helps you slow down your body, you slow down your physiology, so... A lot of people listening to this with a physiology background get into the parasympathetic nervous system, drop the heart rate, drop the blood pressure, drop cortisol levels, you know, drop the muscle spasm, and what goes up is your slow brainwave patterns. We need slow brainwave patterns to think. We need slow brainwave patterns to be resilient and to navigate all this ambiguity. It's really exciting. Like you think about the, the business landscape, there's more opportunities than ever. That's daunting because there's so much change. We have words like disruption. You know, everyone's got to be innovative from our prime minister to government. And, you know, we, we need to flip everything upside down. It, it's a really interesting and it's a really challenging time to do business. So from my end, get the building blocks in place. Do the basic things like pause points, You know, look after your body, do exercise, uh, nutrition, eat the right foods, sleep properly, um, connect with loved ones. That's the absolute building block. So then your brain can function how it's meant to work.
1: Okay, so resilience, which we might think of as being an innate trait that some people have and others don't, isn't necessarily so. You can learn this stuff.
0: Yeah, um, you don't just go to kindergarten and they do a resilience quotient in in kindy and go, look, Ollie, you're resilient. Andrew, you're not. You know, split the class on on your natural resilience. That said, there is a... genetic, not genetic, but there is characteristics that you will pick up from your parents. If you had parents that, you know, something went wrong and they said, oh, that's a minor inconvenience, you probably look at life with a lens, you know, the cup's half full. Or if you had parents who something went wrong and, oh my God, that's a major catastrophe, the glass might be half empty. So there is an influence from parents but you can definitely train this and I don't know about you but that excites me. You know, you, you can train your biceps, you do bicep curls, you know, you do pec up incline decline i don't know what the new stuff is now you know bench but you train your brain to be more resilient and the four key ways that i teach people to do this number one is get rid of distractions you know minimize distractions go back to working like we did in the 50s and 60s before technology invaded our waking moments use it don't abuse it number two on this is we talk about boosting energy now you know we're here at farlex 2016 there's exercise classes. There's spin, there's weights, there's nutrition, there's stuff about you know hormone levels. It's all the basic stuff as an industry we know. But when you are teaching this, when you are running businesses, when you are working with other people, put your oxygen mask on first. You know, get the adequate amount of sleep. Do your exercise before you do it with others. Eat the right foods. And, and then on top of that as well, energy. I'd link that to purpose. Not just the purpose of your company or the purpose of making money. What's your purpose? Like What do you wake up for in the morning? What, what is it that, that juices you. I love the Latin word inspire from the derivative inspirare to breathe life into. So I think when you look after the building blocks physical activity, nutrition and sleep and then you have this breath, this oxygen to breathe life into, that's energy and even saying that, you know, you sometimes feel like dropping down and doing two push-ups so the four key principles that you can train one, manage distractions two is boost energy, three we went with this early today, cultivate vulnerability, I understand and acknowledge, again sharing emotions, sharing feelings, we are human beings, you know, we have feelings, we do stuff vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness and, and, and I really encourage people to explore more around this and, and to drop the guard every now and then. It's not always the phantom of the opera. You know, the fan with the mask. Drop the mask every now and then. But you need trust to do that as well. And the fourth one is MT, or mental toughness. So mental toughness as a construct, you can definitely train. And what we know about this is when you, you get into the storm and you want the tree that's malleable, you do all the basic building blocks. But under mental toughness is flexible versus rigid thinking. Those people that are, you know, it is raining. And um, I'm going through this at the moment with my son. He's four, nearly five. And he said to me on the weekend, he said, Dad, I love it when it rains. And I said, oh, what do you love about when it rains, Arch? He said, I just love it when it rains because it's a beautiful day and I love raindrops. And I thought, isn't that beautiful? My little four-year-old is teaching me lessons. I've got two degrees, sold multiple businesses. I'm learning more from the kids. What do you love about raindrops? He said, it makes me feel happy. And, and the, the point being that in, in our thinking and fixed thinking, a lot of people look out and go, it's raining. I'm going to have a crappy day. Why? change, have that beautiful, rigid, that flexible thinking. It's raining. So, you know, the trees are going to grow. It's going to wash the footpath. So I go for a walk, everything looks fresh. So one day I hope my little boy listens to this. So thank you, Arch. He's teaching me that, you know, even on a rainy day, it is beautiful. And that's what we know about mental toughness. It's how you frame the situation. Uh, We can train on this. I used to work in AFL and in Aussie rules, we teach people to kick off the opposite foot. Uh, If you think about People, only who have a predisposition to looking at challenges or problems, careers that pop into mind. What would you think? What careers or what people are good at looking at what's wrong?
1: I would say people that are working in medical professions, people that are, you would think people working in many areas of business, marketing. I'd say countless. I would say it would be a quality that you'd want to have in most areas of business.
0: Yeah, you you need that risk, okay, so that that people can look at what's going to happen. You you don't want a a bunch of extreme optimists to build a bridge and go, she'll be right, you know, just cross your fingers and hope it's okay. The, the industries that I really think of is law, because you want your lawyer to say, hey, this is what might go wrong. Mm-hmm. Medicine, because you've got to look at you know from a risk point of view. And you often look at accounting or actuaries as well. So with those type of skills or with that sort of thinking, we tend to look at problems. Now, that's fine, but we need to be able to flip that and look at solutions as well. So, and this is also tied in with that fixed versus growth mindset. It's raining today. It's a crappy day. No, little Archie May tells us it's beautiful. The raindrops have that flexible thinking, learn to kick off the opposite foot. There's a lady, and I'll slow down for her name, Sonia Lebrowski from the University of, I think, Illinois, has studied this and looks at the personality pie. We know 50% of our personality or 50% of our thinking skills is genetic. It's in your genes. You get it from mum and dad. 10% of that is lifestyle, the job you have, uh, where you live, the clothes you wear. That leaves 40% that's trainable. That's really, really powerful. So 40% of our thinking, we can adapt. The extra 10%, we can change our lifestyle as well. So if you really get into the maths, 50% of our thinking is retrainable. AFL footballers kick off the right and the left foot. If you only kick off the right foot, which is problem focus at work, you'll find problems at home. Go home to your partner. This is what's wrong with him or her. This is what's wrong with your kids. This is what's wrong in your house. What you focus on grows. But if you kick off the opposite foot, which is more of that abundance, you know, looking at being gracious and the good things we have in life, get the balance between the two, and that's what excites me about this whole space. That there's so much potential. There's so much opportunity and power for people listening to this, whether you run a big business, whether you're turning up to to Phylex or network to be a personal trainer, or whether you you have a corporate job and you just want to be healthy and fit. It's the new frontier. There's so much we can do to train our mind rather than going, oh, you know what, not resilient, you know what, I can't change my thinking, rubbish, work on it, train it. And, And then when you need it, When you've done all this background work, that's when you get into that support structure and go, hey, you know, I'm not distracted all the time. I feel like I've got a good energy base. I know about vulnerability. With vulnerability, we also create better networks. We create more emotions and better friendships. And I know the constructs of mental toughness. So it prepares you for when life uh, hits you with a curveball because often, you know, we're not saying, hey, my relationship's going to go south, or I'm going to get an illness, you don't know when this stuff is sometimes going to happen, so if you've done the groundwork when it does happen, you have the ability to bounce back.
1: So Andrew, you talk about life throwing you a curveball and having the resilience to bounce back from that, so can you tell me a little bit more about how this affected you personally?
0: Yeah, um, I thought you might ask this, because um, I spoke about this this morning as well, um, if I'm doing a, a talk for, say, a couple of thousand people and you want to impress them, I'll talk about you know, I've got an elite level of sport. I work with a couple of different sporting teams, studied exercise physiology, done coaching psychology, and have built and sold three businesses, and am now at KPMG. So you do that for the impressive side. But the reality is, you know through life as well, some of the curveballs, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2008. I had lymph nodes removed under my left shoulder, and got a big scar on the on the on the back of my left shoulder. And uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer, my my spiritual father, my mentor, um, a guy named Bruce Eaton, who was my masseur in Hobart, he was diagnosed a day after me and passed away that October. So. When that sort of happens, the dice rolls sometimes your way, sometimes not. That, that, that teaches you some pretty good lessons around this. Um, my marriage um, dissolved about three and a half years ago, so I went through a marriage breakdown with young kids as well, and that was really, really testing for me because I wasn't acknowledging that it's okay to not be okay. I thought I'd plough on. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. You know? Work harder, train more, You know, go out and party a little bit, but you actually have to acknowledge You know, it's okay to not be okay at times. And the third thing is um, yeah, just up and down sometimes with business. You know, sometimes business has been hard and you you're faced with a landscape ahead of you going, Oh God, how am I going to get through this? So yeah, I've really learned the last couple of years that it's not a weakness to show all that, as we said at the start, um, to you know acknowledge I have had cancer and got through that and you know got through a marriage breakdown, which so many people do or relationship challenges and business has been up and down. So they're some of the curveballs I've had. But what I find as I mature, which is a nice way of saying as you get older, you've got resources. And and if you ask those questions, Ollie, is this life-threatening? Well, when you've got cancer, yeah, it is. So it gives you a bit of a different lens. But you know, if, you, if you lose a business contact or contract, if you know, your, your web page is put up and it's in the wrong font, <laughs> if someone gives you some feedback when you do a workshop or a coaching session and it's not like you actually want it, it's not going to really impact the rest of your life. It's not a life-changing situation. And I think some of those hardships, I love Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, his song Scar Tissue, because the scars that you know hold us together, they give us character, it gives us substance. It makes us real.
1: One of your quotes was uh, You said scars were a reminder that you were stronger than what tried to hurt you. So I think that sums it up pretty well.
0: Yeah. um, And and if I'm having one of those days which we all have where you're thinking oh what am I doing you know you're working hard are you really progressing Are you're really moving forward are you connected to your purpose um, I have a visual one so I look in the shower and I have a big scar on the back of my shoulder and that reminds me how hey, I'm alive so yeah scars can remind you of where you've come from and that can help you really realign to where you're going.
1: Andrew thank you very much for speaking to Network.
0: Ollie thank you mate I think we should go and uh, get a few beers now by the sun.
1: Sounds good. For more articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au.